0: You are looking live, Andrew Pollan, at 97.3, the game in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You thought I had hired a producer, right, for the yeah. podcast. You're like, oh, wow, there's a new guy here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Usually you call, we just start talking.
0: Exactly right. Well, this is the start of a new chapter in my broadcast career, which you have been more instrumental than any other one person, having hired me at uh, – Team 980, which was at the time...
1: 570.
0: Was it 570? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, were, you were early
1: on, yeah.
0: Anyway, the reason that today's uh, ZabeCast is late being released is that I had to wait until 8 a.m. until they made the big announcement here up in Milwaukee. And, you know, it's funny because there's a big story in radio that we're going to talk about today regarding a huge station. In San Diego, California, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yep, I but.
0: and I think it ties into the overall conversation. But let me just first say this. I am excited for a number of reasons to do this new gig, Andy. But most importantly, I've never been on an FM signal. Ever? Not as the primary. Remember, we had the dipshit repeater signals. <laughs> yeah in the in the ill-fated days of red zebra owning team yeah. 980, right? Yeah. And other than being on Bob and Brian for 24 years, which I did and enjoyed very much and they are of course on a very robust FM in the market, this is my first time on crystal clear frequency modulated radio. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the response I was expecting. You know, you now that you're you're doing stuff on JFK, which is a yeah. robust FM signal in the DC market. You didn't get the sense when you first started over there. Wow, this station sounds really good.
1: Oh yeah, and I got feedback that I sounded different. And of course, I do uh, fill in work at WTOP, which is also FM, a really good signal. Right. So yeah, you get you get some of that. But. Um, Really, the work is the same, and podcasting's a little bit different, but the same skills that you have, you oh, know. I know. It, it, you know wherever
0: the work is the same, but to me, it represents something a bit different. That's all. I've always yeah. wanted to be on an FM signal.
1: Yeah, you know, when when I was a kid, I'm older than you are, but FM was like, I don't even know what it would be like. Um, satellite radio is now. In other words, a lot of cars didn't have FM radio. Really? So, oh, yeah. I mean, what in, year until, are you talking about? Until like the 1970s, maybe even late 70s, uh, that was like an add on. Right. If you, if you went to buy a new car and you wanted FM in there, you'd have to pay extra for that. Lundegaard.
0: <laughs> oh, no, gee, uh, FM's going to cost you more. <laughs> yeah, I, you exactly. know, there's no good stations. What's <laughs> wrong with amplitude modulation?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the station that we spent most of our time working together on, 980, that was the top 40 station when I was in junior high and high school. That's right. where I listened to music.
0: They played music, exactly right. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's big for me, and it's also, you know, some people don't quite understand this decision for me because they look at it just in terms of, oh, well, you used to be a nationally syndicated morning guy. Now – You're just going to be doing a localized show in market number, whatever it is. And that's how they look at it. But I think, Andy, they don't understand the opportunity to do genuine radio, radio, which is personality-focused radio that I think is more of an FM style.
1: Yeah. Well, I think also uh, what you find, and I've done network radio as well, ESPN, uh, is that Local matters more, yes. and the things that you're talking about on locally are more important to you than, you know, giving an analysis of the Cleveland Indians on uh, a network station. And it, it's great to you know work with some of the people I did, you know, Tony Kornheiser and, and Mel Kuyper and people like that. That was great. But the actual work and the actual conversation, I always enjoyed more what we did locally.
0: Oh yeah, there's no question. And the thing, the thing about national is that. If you're huge nationally, that's great, and it's a lot of money, and you're a pseudo big star if you're Jim Rome or Dan Patrick or Colin Coward or someone like that. But in the mornings, it was, for all the years that I did morning network radio, and it was about a dozen or so, I was fighting an impossible fight. Right. Because ESPN Radio was the 800-pound gorilla. They cleared whatever they wanted wherever they wanted. They had some O and O, meaning owned and operated stations in major markets. And we were left to fight and scrap for whatever we could. And so you became kind of the king of the middle to lesser markets. And it wasn't very satisfying. At least it wasn't for me. It felt unfair given the resources of ESPN.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, their their intent was to get into major markets any way they could. And if they had to buy stations to do it, that's how they were going to do it. And... ESPN, for whatever they say they are in radio, they're a television company. And everything they were doing was designed to promote television. And I think now they're at the point where anybody who's on the air for them has to be working in television as well to get on radio.
0: Yeah. Now there's a larger question regarding, now that I'm doing a full-time three-hour show that is localized to Milwaukee and Wisconsin sports, a fundamental question that I'm going to ask the listeners and the fans up here, and I want you to weigh in on because it's something you and I have gone around and around on many a time, and it's two little letters and one little word that goes by we.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So are you going to use we for the Packers and the Brewers? That's...
0: That, Andy, is the $25,000 question that I am struggling with. (laughs) Now, I know your answer. You didn't even want me to be a wee guy when it comes to the Redskins, the Bullets, the Caps, and now the Nationals. You've always been a, I didn't see you out there playing, Right.
1: Well, I also felt it was unfair, and we work with a number of ex-Redskins over the years, it was unfair to them to Un- say we.
0: Unfair if not a touch insulting, right?
1: Right, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly I wasn't I as barely good enough to make my high school team. I was never going to play for the Redskins.
0: And my argument, counter to yours, was, hey, I'm outlasting all these dipshit players and dipshit coaches, and I live and die unnecessarily so with the team. Hell yeah, I'm saying a we. I outlast all these assholes.
1: Yeah, well, there's there's that argument to be made. But I, I do think that when a player says we, that's territory that he's earned and that we as observers have not.
0: Right. For all the years I was on Bob and Brian, I always said, look, I am pulling for your teams in a sympathetic way, but I don't consider myself a fan necessarily because I felt like it was inappropriate. Given that I only did a 30- to 40-minute segment a day with these guys – I said, I don't feel right doing it. But now, because I'm thrusting myself deeper into the market, which sounds sort of dirty, but whatever, (laughs) I feel like I almost have an obligation to apply for dual sports citizenship. How do you feel about that?
1: I think absolutely not. (laughs) And I think it's insulting to people who have had packer tickets in their family and have passed them along when there's been a death or a divorce or or something like that and you're you're a Johnny come lately. I know you've been doing radio in Milwaukee for 20 years but you're you're not a a packer fan. You're you're a redskin fan. So correct? there is
0: so there is no such thing as dual citizenship in sports as a fan.
1: I don't I don't think you so. Don't think now so. look, I, 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 when I was working in New York uh, I covered the Giants for WFAN as a beat reporter and I got to know a couple of the guys including Phil Simms who I really liked but I remained a Redskin fan. I was torn. I mean, I would watch the Giants play the other 14 games and I would sort of root for them just, you know, just because you're involved with them on a day-to-day basis. But Still, I was a Redskin fan. I rooted for the Redskins.
0: Well, in a dystopian hell in which I would do the same type of thing but land in Philly as well as D.C., mm-hmm. there's no way in fucking hell I would apply for dual citizenship. It's just because this market and these teams are far enough away and innocent enough, we don't really have any rivalry, do we, with any of these teams?
1: No, not really. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, therefore, I think it's, it's appropriate. Now, you say some fans would be insulted. They've had Packer season tickets in their family forever and forever and forever. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal, though, Andy. Most people up here, because they're just such good people, want me on the bandwagon, are begging me to get on the bandwagon, and they've seen other fans from other parts of the country with no other obvious tie-in, such as, hey, you're starting a radio show now, jump on board and say, I'm a Packer fan. And they welcome them aboard because they're that friendly.
1: Well, I know we shouldn't be discussing politics or religion, but I might liken this to the Jewish religion in that (laughs) if you would like to become Jewish, you have to earn it. We're not recruiting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is another issue that I'm I'm doing. I, I had the guys up here put together a list of 50 things that every true Scani has done to mm-hmm. consider themselves authentic. And it's things like close Wolski's Pub and get a photo with the Bronze fons downtown and go ice fishing and do jump around at Badger games, yada, yada, yada. And so it's my my goal to print these T-shirts and then start checking them off with a Sharpie as I go along. And then once I'm done with the 50, we can have a nice little party. <laughs> what do you think about that? Would that earn my loyalty, like I'm just, I'm wrestling with this because I don't want to be a douchebag. I feel like a terrible front runner, Andy. Because guess what, the Brewers and the Bucks
1: are great right now. Oh, I know, I know, and they and the Bucks may have the best player in the league, but yeah, and uh,
0: and guess what, the Brewers had the best player in the league last year in Yelich.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I agree, uh, but I just think that fandom is something that. It's something of a birthright. Uh, It's usually passed along from father to son. Right. I don't know. And you just
0: don't believe in dual citizenship, which is not – there's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of people don't believe in it. So I'll take some feedback via email or tweets or whatever about the concept of dual citizenship and where and when and how it should apply and what you have to do to sort of earn it, because I am wrestling with this. There's no question about it. Okay, the other thing about – You know taking this opportunity and and it's not just a side hustle for me it's a legitimate thing i want to pursue i want want to make this show great and the station great Mm -hmm. you and i know andy this business is very unstable
1: oh god
0: (laughs) it's it's both unstable and terribly unfair you and i have sat at 980 over the years and watched other people get contracts that would drive a sane man to violence.
1: Oh, I know. Agree? Yeah, uh, it's, yeah it's, it's usually management incompetence is what it, what it usually results from.
0: And you and I lasted long enough to see lots of different iterations of management and to see multiple horrendous mistakes being made with significant financial investment right under our noses.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, they. I think that certain people get romanced, uh, whether it's a a well-known personality who got that contract yeah. or somebody who has a hair-brained idea and <laughs> if the guy above him is stupider right. than he is then he gets it through and, and <laughs> sometimes with disastrous results
0: and the other thing that's tough is that you know as a talent in radio you operate under contracts and so therefore the timing to effortlessly hop from one boat to another is very hard right mm-hmm. because an opportunity might open up that's great and you could be in the middle of a 2 or 3 year deal you can't go anywhere
1: right right and some some have non compete clauses where they prevent you even if you run to the end of your contract from going to a new place for sometimes 6 months now well that's what i that's
0: those. that's what i just did i just sat out the 6 months and you know, people were saying, why are you doing that? Everyone fights non-competes. They're not enforceable. And basically the station said, and, and I agreed, that it would be a good thing because they, they, they believe in this thing for a longer haul. Good. This is not like, hey, let's rush through this and whatever. And they said, let's just let it rest. So there's that. So all these things conspire to which, you know, there are some people, Andy, that feel like I, I did the old guys dirty. No, I don't think so. Uh,
1: I think you had an opportunity. Uh, you know, my daughter is a lawyer, and she had worked as a summer associate at a firm. And when it came time for her to get a job, she did a year as a law clerk, uh, they weren't ready for her. And she went to another firm. And she was only there two months when they went to hire her. And I said, well, you're allowed to do that? And the other lawyers in our family and other people we knew said, yeah, she's not an indentured servant. She can go. Right. So, you know, other businesses allow that. Why not?
0: Right. If if it's legally allowable in your contract, all is fair because this ain't no hobby. Yeah. This is our profession as insane as it was for you and I to choose this life. <laughs> <laughs> and we we counsel against it, don't we all the time with young pups?
1: Well, I mean, for me it was a little different than you because you when came you from got a different college, era. Yeah, sports radio already existed. I got in really on the ground floor of it, right. and when I got out of college or was in college, it, it really and I couldn't have imagined that there would be anything like it. Right. So you know, I I, I if you you sort of had a choice at the beginning, and and you did the right thing. I mean, you've done really well. Um, but somebody coming out now, <laughs> I don't know what to tell them. Yeah.
0: I've done well. I've gotten lucky. I've had good people like you, Andy, that uh, saw something in me and said, I'm going to hire him and put up with his nonsense along the way. But I've also been fucked and fired for no good reason and had dipshits take my job and whatever. And I've just dealt with it and rolled with it. It's odd when you get a chance to make a clean hop from one good situation to a great situation and – I just don't, you know, I think most people understand it. There's some people that still look at everything like, this is just a garage band, and those are your friends. And, yeah, they are my friends, but, fuck, this is how I make money for a living. (laughs) Like, what am I going to do? Turn this opportunity down? Like the great Herb Brooks said to the U.S. Olympic hockey team, Andy, what?
1: (laughs) You take it to your grave. if if
0: If I don't do this, I will... Take it Take to my it. fucking grave. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, uh, and it's all the more in focus as we have the story of the mighty 1090 oh, in San Diego, God. California, ceasing operations cold. Uh, a, f- a former major sports radio station in a major American city yep. basically shutting down because they had an antenna a signal that was produced out of Mexico by arrangement, and I guess the FCC greenlit it. And the owners of the tower in Mexico said, "Yeah, we're kind of done with this." And the whole station got flipped upside down and went dark.
1: It's it's amazing that that signal is is incredibly legendary. Now you, you've seen the movie American Graffiti, right? Yes. And that was really the making of Wolfman Jack into a national star. He later got a television show out of that called The Midnight Special. And he became incredibly well-known from that movie. Well, the reason that the the movie producer, I think it was George Lucas, decided to put him in the movie is he was broadcasting on that station, 1090, Wolfman Jack. And because of that signal, it could be heard everywhere in the western part of the country.
0: From so, Baja, Mexico, to the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, yeah. Or so, the Canadian Rockies, I believe, was what they said, in part because in Mexico you can jack the
1: power up. yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was no restriction. So so he was he was so well known that it it seemed mainstream to put him in a movie. (laughs) And from there, he, he, you know, he left there shortly after the movie came out, and then it became a sports station. And it was doing well. From everything I've read, they were making money. The ratings were very good. And then just because of a whim, they pulled the plug, and it's all over for a bunch of people who have carved out great careers there. Right. It's incredible.
0: That, that is incredible. I know our friend Scott Kaplan's working on a plan to get it back up and running and doing something. But it's a hard go because without the tower, without the signal itself— Good luck.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know how he's going to do it, and I don't know. Do you go over to Mexico and try and negotiate? I mean, I, 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 I don't know how that works. Don't, but, don't ask yeah.
0: Trump to get involved. I know that much.
1: The, the, other, the other interesting aspect of that station is that the plug was pulled on the tower like three weeks ago. They operated as a stream for a right. couple of weeks. And it sounded like they were almost ready to make a go of it. And the management said, no, forget it, we're done.
0: Yeah, see, that's where we're at now. I, I think still, there's a lot of people proclaiming, pretty soon, it's all digital, it's all internet, cars will have internet, that you aren't going to need towers, it's going to change the industry. And while I say, yeah, 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 in theory, we're not there yet.
1: No, we're not. And, and as good as podcasts are, like this one, the Thank immediacy you, and the you know news that breaks comes out on the air right away, instant reaction, phone calls, all that, that's still a, a big part of, of the way we listen to radio.
0: And radio is like you turn your car on, it's on.
1: Yeah, it's there. It's you, like a light bulb. It's there when you need it.
0: Right. You don't need to touch anything. You don't need to plug anything in. You don't need to fiddle with anything. And I know that a lot of podcasts, like, I know when I plug my phone back into my car, if I'm listening to a podcast or a stream of a station, Andy, Mm -hmm. the software, it'll pick up. Like, as soon as I plug it in and my car recognizes that, okay, it's in, it'll hit play, and it'll start playing, which is not bad. But it still takes 10 or 15 seconds, and I've got to plug it in. And it sounds very lazy, but this is all friction in the consumer experience that rubs off a little bit of listening every single time.
1: Right. And I also like to punch around. I like to go to different stations.
0: And you want to punch around effortlessly without even looking at the dial. You might have a preset on your steering wheel, and you go click, 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 click between 980, JFK, TOP, whomever. And if you were to do that on your phone, you have to look at your phone, you have to find the app, you have to press it, then you have to wait for a, an ad to pre-roll, because that's now the game. They're like, well, you are got to listen to an ad before we give you our shit for free. Yeah. It's not the same. No, it's not. All right. ESPN has decided, my team is on the floor much like yeah. Norman Dale and Hoosiers.
1: I saw that tweet that made me laugh. That did you like funny. that? Yeah,
0: I did. <laughs> I mean, that, this is something else, Andy. They have a, a budget in theory for big-time talent. They have a $7 million pile sitting on the ground that used to be Jason Witten's. Was it $7 million he got?
1: Whatever it was, it was too much. Too much. Even it was $10. All right.
0: <laughs> and ESPN has said, nah, we'll just let Booger be the number two and go with that. What do you make of it?
1: Well, you know, years ago, ESPN had seen its Monday night ratings dropping. This is when, uh, you know, they, they were had, I guess it was Frank Gifford was still involved or whatever it was. And they, and they said, we, we need to spruce it up. So they had a, an open audition. And, and Tony Kornizer actually auditioned for that, didn't get it. They went with Dennis Miller and Dan Fouts. And they thought, ah, comedian who knows sports, that'll and, really work and well. An ex- Plus, you got quarterback. The right. You know, and you put him with Al Michaels, and it's, it's going to work. And it, it really flopped. didn't work. And then they brought Tony in with Theismann and Tariko, and that probably didn't work out as well as they wanted. They Hold went on. back to all football with Ron Jaworski. Right. And now they've got basically, I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. But if if they were doing like the Iowa Michigan State game on a Saturday afternoon, you go, oh, okay, Tessitore and McFarlane, that that makes sense. So they're just kind of a run-of-the-mill play-by-play team doing what used to be the biggest corner in sports, Monday Night Football.
0: Who do you think, if you could put anybody on that property, who would you do it? Forget. I think
1: Romo. I think Romo's great. I I would. I would try and lure Romo away. He's the hot property.
0: But play-by-play.
1: Play by play, yeah. I mean, if you could get Tarico back, I think he was great. Um, Trying to think, who else? What about Al Michaels? Al Michaels is doing Sunday Night Football. No, but I'm saying
0: if you could get anybody, yeah,
1: he would be fine. You know, you know, I really like and and uh, I know that there's been some very good reviews of him. I've known him since he was an intern at WFAN, and in fact, tried to hire him when we started WTEM in 1992. Ian Eagle, I think he does. He's
0: outstanding. uh,
1: a solid job. He doesn't try to call a lot of attention to himself, yeah. and maybe that's part of the reason that he's, he's not, you know, he's, he's done incredibly well, but maybe that's not why his name comes up when mm. they talk about the top-tier play-by-play jobs. But I think he is, he's really good. He's got a nice, dry sense of humor. Yeah. He sets up the analysts well. I think he'd be excellent in that role.
0: Uh, what do you make of Tess, Joe Tessitore?
1: Yeah. He's okay. I mean, I don't, I don't hate him like some people do, but he's, to me, he's, he's nothing special.
0: And he doesn't, he doesn't rub you the wrong way with his overselling
1: of nah, the calls and know. his
0: growling at times? Yeah. okay. Uh, I'm you know, okay. I, I, listen, I'm the same way as you. I'm test positive. I'm not wild about him, but I'm not negative like Scott is. I accept the fact that he overpunches and he growls along sometimes because I think his calls are pretty solid. He gets the names right. And I think, unlike some announcers, he knows when there's a big play, and he gives me the energy, I think, that accents a big play.
1: Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And, and, I, and I think Booger McFarlane is fine. I, you do? I thought he was, he was good. You know? Yeah, yeah uh, listen to
0: him, Andy. I think he's an empty suit. But maybe, well, maybe. I'm wrong.
1: But, but he's, he, in terms of the contrast between the two of them, I thought Witten was a complete zero. Nothing. It would have been better if they shut off his microphone.
0: Right. Okay. Meanwhile, Peyton Manning apparently was the object of their desire, and they couldn't land him. What do you make of Peyton Manning just basically saying, nah, don't feel like it?
1: Well, from what I've read, uh, that he's not interested in doing this as long as Eli is playing. And I think there was some denial of this when he signed with the Broncos, but then I've recently read that there is reason to believe it was the case. He did not want to go to the NFC. He did not want to play against Eli. Interesting. And I don't think he wants to do a, a game. Until- Imagine, you know, he's doing a, a giant game and Eli throws three picks. I mean, what does he say?
0: <laughs> but what would be great, and this would be scintillating TV, is if Big Brother eviscerates Little Brother just with that brutal Peyton Manning honesty.
1: Not going to do it he 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 's recognized that that situation could present itself, and it would be even worse if he recused himself from the game <laughs> so, so he 's not doing it I, I and i i think I think once Eli retires, I think there's a chance he'll do it.
0: Did we talk since the drafting of haskins
1: i don 't think so
0: wow okay i 've already dubbed him r g four I hope he 's yeah. not, but the Haskins and Haskins. Thing with his dad is mighty concerning to me.
1: I would agree with that, and I think that when you got a dad who likes to call attention to himself, that's bad. the The other thing to keep an eye on, and and I guess the Dolphins are going to be bad. Yeah, but when Haskins starts playing, he's probably going to be bad. I mean, Peyton Manning threw twenty eight interceptions. Rookie
0: struggle, period.
1: So, and I think that Rosen has a chance to be least decent in Miami. And you're going to look at that and say, mm, you know, they could have had him for, for basically nothing, and they could have used that 15th pick to either go up or down or, or use it for, or, you know, more, more players, more defensive players or whatever they need, more linemen. And you're going to wonder about that. So the, the, the book on Haskins is going to take two or three years to write. And Does that's, that that's...
0: mean we're not going back to the library next spring, no matter what?
1: it doesn't look At that way and and i think that this this idea of him wearing number 7 well he may want that and Theismann has blessed it and it's a feel good story for the organization that only adds to it because when people watch number 7 with throwing pick sixes right. they're going to say oh boy that doesn't look like the old number 7 yeah
0: by the way uh, how about joe saying we got to work on his grammar league done yeah. messed up <laughs> and then mocked Ohio State. <laughs> I thought Joe was a little bit tone deaf on that one, Andy.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, you know, look, <coughs> Joe, Joe is pushing 70, I think, right? I think he is. Think, so like, you're 60. saying
0: he's getting into the territory of old man says whatever he wants and doesn't yeah, worry about it because- zone?
1: Exactly. I mean, my my dad is ninety years old, and he says whatever's on his mind. <laughs> so would,
0: it's a great liberating thing when you get to a certain age, right? Yeah, I mean, like, fuck it. I'm I just going to say might, what I think.
1: Might be something to that. and He's from a less, you know, politically correct era, right, so yeah, right. I can see that.
0: How about uh, how about Bruce Allen basically coming out of the woodwork to take a victory lap for this draft, which was pl- uh, applauded by almost every pundit out there. He did first take. He did Stephen A. Smith's program. I mean, he was all over the place. When things were in turmoil this past fall, you couldn't find him with Lassie and a team of Sherpas.
1: Yeah, well and the and the only thing he said about Ruben Foster was to ESPN. And that's his move, you know. I guess I guess he will not talk he does do one round of interviews with local media, I guess a group. At the owners meeting.
0: Right, but he won't really he does one sit down with JP Finley. Yeah. But that's pretty much all the access he gives. And, you know, when the Reuben Foster thing didn't go well, he pushed Doug out
1: oh, yeah. to talk yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. I know Well, that one of the things that that people said when he, Scott McLuhan was fired was that Allen didn't like McLuhan getting credit for good drafts. He, he didn't like somebody else getting credit. So yeah. when things are, you know, the spotlight's shining brightly, he wants to be in it.
0: Meanwhile, the one actionable quote from his interview with Stephen A. Smith was Stephen A. asked him about the owner, Dan Snyder. And, of course, Bruce is going to defend him. But Bruce's defense was basically, look, this is an all-American story. He's a fan who made his money and bought his boyhood team, and he loves the team very much.
1: Yeah, what's he supposed to say? And, And as far as what a fan he was, I go back to what Charlie Casterly told me some years ago. That here was a guy who had a lot of money, and he was this great fan, and the stadium was open for two years, and he didn't so much as buy a pair of club seats. Really? Yep.
0: Interesting. Well, well, on the one hand, I don't expect Bruce to do anything other than talk up his boss, and I do agree, to a certain extent, Dan Snyder's fortune is an all-American story, but he got bailed out at multiple junctures, including most notably... By Mort Zuckerman,
1: yeah, Zuckerman, yeah, helped him. <laughs> who,
0: like, you know, Snyder tried something, and like the money went away, and this guy Zuckerman's like, I like this kid's moxie. He gave him more money, and he built this marketing empire before the internet. It's not he's not internet billionaire. He he made it before the internet. That's all fine and well, Andy. But here's the other side of the coin: Dan Snyder's running this team into the state. It is a dilapidated exhausted, disinterested, angry fan base where the stadium is half full and half of that half is other colored jerseys. Andy, that is one of the great failures in American business history. Would you oh, agree? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. But, but as opposed to the previous, you know, prior to like 15 years ago, when you would run something into the ground, it would lose its value. Even though they're not Putting people in the seats, right. the value of the team keeps going up incredibly. Right. Um,
0: without and, without even a new stadium yet approved, which is usually one. Right. Which it's, is it's, usually the thing that props up a franchise's value. Like, yeah, they haven't won anything, and the owner doesn't know what he's doing. But they got a stadium, and so if some guy takes it over, they could do well. Snyder doesn't even have that yet.
1: Right. No, I I think that that and my partner Tom lavero on the weekends has been saying this quite a bit lately. He doesn't think there's going to be a new stadium. He said, you know, Dan Snyder can't really do a deal with the district. Maryland has said, forget it. We're, we're getting out of the stadium business. Virginia was never going to happen. And they may just stay where they are, and maybe they'll shrink the stadium a little bit more. But the money is in television. The, the wow. money for the NFL is tied to television, and that's going to keep going up because television and the NFL is a great marriage.
0: Never a new stadium, meaning this is our last stadium.
1: Well, or for for foreseeable future, this one's been that. open for 30, twenty-one years, so thirty years could be another fifteen years. Yeah.
0: So we'd be, we'd be like Buffalo with Rich Stadium. You know, the Bills can't get a new stadium, and theirs is old and dilapidated.
1: Right, right. Well, look, the Redskins played at RFK, and while it was very romantic that it was <laughs> rocking with fifty-five thousand people, it was a dump. The fact is, you know, the last twenty years they played there, it was an outdated dump.
0: Yeah. And the nature of the game has changed, and people want amenities, and they want fancy stuff, and concourses, and flat screens, and, or, or, and leather chairs, or, or unless, and lingerie Unless streets. you
1: have an iconic place like Lambeau Field, where people... Lambeau uh, Field would be the NFL equivalent of Wrigley Field or, or or Fenway Park.
0: But you have not been to Lambeau lately, or no, have you have ever been? Ever is correct. Oh, you know what, Andy? I would like you to be my guest this year. I would love to go. Since I now have connections up here in Milwaukee. Um, Yeah, Lambeau has undergone a huge renovation where all those interior bells and whistles and the niceties and the club levels are unbelievable. Yes, it still has the existing bones, but the transformation of that stadium has been nothing short of incredible.
1: But was there ever a period of time where some sports radio host was beating the table and saying, we need a "Lambo's new an outdated relic; it has to go"?
0: Right. No, I, I don't think so. But I'll ask some of my new colleagues up here at mm-hmm. ninety-seven the, three. The game, like, was that ever really a thing to build a new Lambo? Yeah. So, all right, we'll all right. end on we'll end on this because you and I love a good scam story. This guy Reggie Fowler, who is now wow. under indictment for major, major fraud was the original financier, the original money man for the AAF, and you and I know old Reggie Fowler, as do other people, as the guy who tried to fraudulently buy the Minnesota Vikings Mm -hmm. about 15 years ago before people started sniffing around his finances realizing, this guy's a complete charlatan. He doesn't have any money. How, Andy? How? How? Did they get in bed with a known shyster like this guy?
1: Not only that, but the front man for the league was, I think, one of the sharpest football people we've ever had in Bill Polian. And Polian's been around many organizations, has known many people around the league. How could he not sniff this guy out?
0: I don't know. Like, literally, and and I wasn't paying too much attention to the rollout of the AAF, but when I heard, after it fell apart, Oh yeah, Reggie Fowler was one of the original investors. I yeah. go, it was like a record scratch in my head. I go, wait a minute, the, the asshole who nearly tried to this would be like who tried to buy the Islanders with no money?
1: Oh yeah, that was that was a really good thirty. For 30.
0: Oh, fantastic!
1: Yeah, yeah. the guy he had, was he a complete money. Yeah. fraud. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. This guy Fowler is good at getting others people's money, large amounts of it. And washing it through his bank accounts on a temporary basis and then printing out his balance sheet and showing it to people going, hey, man, look, I'm rich. I'd like to buy the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, in this day and age, when you hear the name Reggie Fowler might be investing, don't you do a quick Google search like on your phone?
0: Yes. <laughs> but I guess they didn't care. I guess they said, you know what, we got to get this thing up and running. And Charlie Ebersol looks more and more like a douchebag all the time.
1: Oh, it's unbelievable and And the guy who in Dundum is his name who yeah. in, who invested two hundred and fifty million and ultimately spent seventy million, it looks like he's walking away with some kind of gambling app where he can really make a lot of money off of
0: it. Well, I would hope so because that's an expensive seventy million dollar ride to nowhere God. if that's the case yeah and to know. next year, next spring.
1: This is the XFL 2. Yeah, Do you I, think? I, I don't know if that's going to last. I, I, think I think they'll make it through a year like they did last time. But I don't know. After this experience, I don't know if the country wants another football league. Yeah. All right.
0: Uh, I'd promise to end on this. As you can hear, Andy, I am not well. I'm sick. You, sir, uh-huh. have been the iron horse of staying healthy all these years. Your last sick day, sick day was?
1: 1985.
0: I ask you humbly. How do you do it, Andy?
1: I I don't. I go to bed early. <laughs> I get up early. Um, I don't drink a lot. Uh, I don't smoke. Uh, I exercise. And uh I have good genetics. I really do. I mean that's the main thing. My 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 father's 90 like I said and he rarely gets sick.
0: Your genetics are good. You come from Russian stock, right?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. My my the men in my family live a long time. My father's father was 87, you right. know. People people in my family live a long time.
0: But you 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 do have a nice routine in life. So sure. it, they say it's good to be on a regular schedule, right? Yes. Yes. And can and set you your watch by me, yes. right? Exactly, and it also is it helps that you keep your weight within a certain range, mm-hmm. and you don't go up and down like I do.
1: Yeah. A little bit. I mean, now I'm down because of EMP one eighty. If I can do a free plug on your, podcast.
0: yeah, go right ahead. EMP one eighty. <laughs> what are you down to?
1: I am as low as I've been since high school. I'm at one sixty eight. I haven't been that low wow. since, over forty years. Yeah. Do you like it? I think this is I, I, again. I'm not being paid to do this, but this this is the best. Now you don't like vegetables, no. But I I think, and I do eat a lot of vegetables in this diet. But I think if you really put your mind to it, you could adjust and figure out a way to do it. Really, I think you could.
0: But it's eating vegetables.
1: Well, it it helps to eat them, but I think you could get away with not. The main okay. thing is sh- sugar is your enemy. Of course, it is. So it, anything you can do to avoid sugar. That's and sugar's in everything. You may go to McDonald's and say, "Well, I'm not going to eat the apple pie or the ice cream sundae." Doesn't matter. Everything you eat at McDonald's is full of sugar.
0: Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. That's why it tastes so goddamn good. Right,
1: but the but the caveman didn't have it. You ever no. see fat caveman running after a, an elk to, to uh, kill for dinner?
0: Not only did the caveman not not have it, you know, um, Homo sapiens didn't have it for years. Organized civilizations didn't have it. Until, I believe, traders sailed to the West Indies where a sugar cane plant was made. And they're like, ooh, (laughs) this tastes yummy.
1: Right. Right. And so whenever you're making a food product and you want people Mm. to like it, you put sugar in it
0: fucking terrible and obesity is now taking over so alright well I'll use you as my inspiration I gotta get healthy on this and uh, go forward but uh, thanks for your time this week thanks again for uh, helping me out in my radio career oh, your yeah. invite to Lambeau for the upcoming 2019 season why don't you come up for the Redskin game when is that sometime during the season November okay, I want to say
1: I'll check I, I, don't mean, you I wanna, do work don't weekends you wanna,
0: now I know. don't you want to see the Redskins up here or maybe you're, you're working so you can't
1: Maybe a Monday night would be good because I I I, I I'm like a uh, those guys that they pick up at the Seven Eleven for day labor. You only get paid when you work. So
0: <laughs> get in the back of the truck, Andy. We need yeah. a shift filled.
1: That's right. That's <laughs> you know good.
0: that'll be the future of us in radio. We'll sit around outside a convenience store, hopping in the back of pickup trucks.
1: Well, that's. Don't last. That's pretty much the way it's been for last year. Uh, You
0: know what? It's the life we've chosen. So onward we go. All right, Andy, thanks for your time as always, bud. Good luck. All right, see you.